Hello, my friend. Jeff C. here with a great new resource that I put together just for you. It's a complete database of all the tools that I use to create content and run my business. I've got apps, software, hardware, and even my favorite AI tools. It's easy to find what you need and tells you exactly how I'm using them in my business. To get access to my toolbox, just go to jeffc.com forward slash toolbox. That's J-E-F-F. S is in Sam, I-E-H. That's I before E, especially in C. That's how my mama had me learn it. So go check it out. And if you haven't heard me say it in a while, I appreciate you listening, my friend. And now, on with the episode. Keeping you up to date on the world of social media. Industry experts. Innovators. Creators. Storytellers. And the latest social media tools, tips, and tactics. This is Social Media News Live. Hello, folks. Welcome to Social Media News Live. I'm Jeff C., and you're not. And this is a show that keeps you up to date in the world of social media and so much more. And I'm so excited (laughs) today because I've got my good friend Peg Fitzpatrick here on the show. And we're going to be talking about media kits. And this is something that you guys have been uh, wanting to talk about for a while. You had uh, given it to us in the comments when I asked for some feedback. And we're going to be talking with Peg about creating magic with media kits. So media kits are really mandatory when it comes to securing brand deals and partnerships. Uh, They need to be concise and informative. They got to be stunning, which Peg does a great job with. And it's got to be engaging. It's got to be authentic. And it's got to also highlight your value as a creator or influencer, but also makes you look kind of attractive to brands as Mm a potential partner. And this can be a lot. So do not worry. You don't have to hire a PR specialist or graphic designer. Uh, You can make a media kit all on your own using clever copywriting and free tools and some great tips from Peg today. So Peg, how are you doing? Good, 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 good. How's the weather? (laughs) Is it cold where you're at? Because I mean, like, it's Uh, like, like, like 80 below or something. I don't know. It's crazy. Well, no, not this week, but a couple weeks ago, it literally was like 40 below. Um, but today we're just like in a little end of a little blizzard kind of deal. And we've had a lot of tree damage. That other storm gave us like a really bad tree damage, which is always a bummer. So, oh gosh. Um, so, yeah. Anyways, so anyway, we're inside. It doesn't matter. I saw some yeah. robins yesterday. So, okay. Well, if you guys don't know Peg, which it's I'm, it's hard to believe. Let me introduce you. She is a popular social media speaker, trainer, and writer. She's the co-author of author the Art of Social Media: Power Tips for Power Users, and it covers all the major social media platforms. And over the years, she has collaborated with dream partners like TJ Maxx, sharing the stage with Barbara Cochran. Uh, she was first head of social strategy for Canva. That's really cool. And she also, if spearhead- you heard of Canva, yeah, because <laughs> that's right. It's because of like, I remember you giving out, true. I remember you giving out at social media marketing world, like cards for like $10 mm-hmm. off Canva subscriptions and all that stuff like that back in the day. It was so. 10, it was Canva credits. Yeah. Back when you, that was awesome. You, it was like a dollar an image or the elements and stuff that were in there. Yeah. I found one of those on my desk the other day. I was like, oh, look a little Canva credit. <laughs> there you go. Try it out. So, uh, she, but she's also spearheaded <laughs> successful social media campaigns for Audi, uh, Motorola, Motorola, Google, and Virgin, and she has been a brand ambassador for Kempton Hotels, Nestle, and many more. So she is passionate about social media and inspiring uh, the others to be their best. So um, we're going to be talking about creating media kits that stand out and sell. Peg, you, Peg, thank you so much. If I could talk today, welcome to the show again. This is like your third or fourth time, I think. It is. Hello, uh, everybody. Yeah. So. Um, Yeah. So I'm glad to be here. Media kits are a great topic because it's one of the things that people 
kind of gatekeep information on the whole process of how do you get brand deals? Mm -hmm. I think there's a little bit more information out there now than there used to be when I first started and I was trying to do and I was like, oh my God, like there was, there was no templates. There was no information. You know, you have no idea. It's like everybody wants to just keep the information themselves and not share it. Mm -hmm. So hopefully this will be helpful for people who want to work with brands. Yeah. And speaking of helpful, let's talk about our sponsor for the show today. It is our friends over at Ecamm. You can find out more at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. And they're what makes the show possible. Um, They have just rolled out version four, which is amazing. Let's us do isolated video tracks. So when I'm done, I'll have a nice clean feed of Peg and a clean feed Mm -hmm. of me. And I can actually repurpose them in really, really cool ways. You also have isolated audio tracks, which we will use for the podcast. But it's all new in version four. So make sure you guys check that out at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash ecam. All right, Peg. So let's start out talking about like what media kits are actually made off so, made of. So, you know, what should it include? You know, it should showcase your strengths. Of course, it's supposed to pr- prove that you have an engaged online following by your follower mm-hmm. stats, highlighting the kind of value you can bring to a potential client. And you're supposed to, it's the, the goal of it is to convince other businesses and collaborate collaborators, you know, to actually, you know, partner with you. So let's mm-hmm. discuss the format. Ideally, a media kit should be short and sweet kind of like a resume. So do you think media kits should be like a one page PDF or like a slide deck? What do you find to be the most successful? So it depends on like, if you're at the very beginning stage and you're just going to be sending some, a brand something, you can make a PDF. It can just be one page or it could be two sided, you know, it could just be more than one. You don't want to make it too long when it's the initial um, thing that if you're just sending someone a media kit, first off. Um, but if you were sent, if it was later, like I've done a slide deck, but that was for, um, for guys podcast. And that was different. It was longer because I wanted to showcase guys experience brands he's worked with, like in a bigger way with more images. And then also, um, I did specific, I kind of did it like the offerings and what to charge for them. Mm-hmm. So in your initial one, you don't want to put everything in there, but you want to have it be like a pretty good teaser. And you could put your rates in there if you want, but also, you know, well, I mean, we'll get it probably more into like the money piece of it later, mm-hmm. but you don't have to put all your rates and everything on your, on your media kit. If it's, so you could have like different levels of a media kit is what I'm saying. You could have like an intro one. that was kind of like one, one right. to two pages. So it's a really short PDF. You, and then you could have a longer one that could include what you're offering. You know, like I have a, like for Jeff's show, like I have a show, it's a weekly show. It's going to reach this many people. I run it on this many platforms. I'm going to repurpose it. I'm going to share it. So you could talk about those things. Um, So it could be shorter or it could be longer depending on where you are kind of in the process with the brand. So would you suggest like maybe having uh, one for like maybe kind of a colder email that would be where your shoulder, you know, your shorter one would be. And then like if somebody requests something from you, that might be your medium size or or longer one. Is that kind of how you would think about sending it to people? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And then in the PDF, you know, you're making a PDF, which is amazing because you can do them in Canva and you can do clickable links. So in there you could link to, do we want to talk about the things that are in the media kit or is that? Yeah. So I I wanted to kind of go, you know, because, um, I I think like testimonials would be maybe in your, especially your longer version one. So 
Um, so yes, you could do testimonials okay. in your longer one and, and you want to make it as easy as possible for people to see things, especially brands are going to get lots of pitches from people. But so in that, in that case, you could do text things, you could get little quotes from people or in, um, or you could just do a screenshot of the text and put it in there to look like it's part of the post or something. So you can make it clever. You're an online person. Mm -hmm. uh, one of mine, I have like a little screen, uh, a screenshot of me in the, like in a phone, like it's me. I think I put myself in the phone, like, so, oh, yeah, looks, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. just did like a little gotcha. frame thing and put my photo in there. Um, so you want to make it as engaging as possible. But you could also add links in there to click through to the campaigns, which I think is really nice. Like oh, if yeah. you were, if you've worked, you know, like if I did a McDonald's campaign, I could link right in there. People could click on that and then they could go right to that post on Instagram mm, to see what so, you've done in the past kind of a thing. Right, right. Gotcha. I mean, if brands are so good at like scrolling through, they know who they want to work with. They also have very sophisticated software that pulls up influencers. Mm. So they find people that way too. Sometimes it's just, um, you know, they're looking and they find you if you tagged them. Mm -hmm. Obviously that's, if there's somebody that you want to work with, that's a smart way to go without being annoying. You can right. mention their products and tag them. Um, and really one of the best things you can do if you want to work with brands, even before the media kit, before, during, or after the media kit right. is to, to really build a strong um, niche and have that be what draws people to you. So for example, you do a show, you know, mm -hmm. so that would lead you to software, microphones, you know, anything within the social media, right. you know, tool kind of deal. So that's like tight for that. Obviously there's makeup people who do all different kinds of makeup. So there's a whole bunch of brands in there and a lot of com competition um, in that space. So you would want to have a niche, but also what's different about you, what stands out about you. And those are the things that you want to share in your media kit to have like a little elevator pitch. What makes you stand out from someone else? Like I do video and mm -hmm. I'm also like, I'm fantastic at editing. I can make great TikToks, re repurpose, you know, I reach this age group. You know, mm -hmm. you want to have all of that information, the demographics of your niche. So you can start there if you don't have the audience yet and think about who is it that what is the market that you are going to serve and build your niche around that. And it kind of, you know, if you build it, they will come kind of deal. Right, right, right. Um, it is kind of like that. So you want to just be consistent with that. Um, and mostly what they want to see now is not a big following. It's not so much the follower numbers as it is the engagement numbers, the engagement, the comments and the questions gotcha. um, are what really, you know, because that's what drives the algorithms now, mm -hmm. not necessarily how many followers you have, but who's, so, who's talking to you. So I wanted to ask a question about that because you and I have both seen a lot of media kits and mm -hmm. a lot of times we know uh, that there, those numbers are inflated. Like they're like right. pulling things like we just know that it's inflated and mm -hmm. do how important is to be super accurate on your numbers? Cause do brands have, you mentioned that sophisticated software. Yeah, they can, they can, they can see tell. it. I mean, yeah, you really okay. can't lie about stuff. They'll either ask you for, for screenshots of stats or mm -hmm. they'll, you know, if there's just, you really can't lie about, you can lie about stuff, but right. it's out just there be, on the internet. Yeah. Just, you know, be, if, if you have not honest. worked with a brand, don't put it on your website. Yes, because that is very true. 
we all know it's people have done that as well too. So a yeah. shout out to my friends over at Dealcasters watching over on YouTube. They says just me to get one page. It just says the greatest show on the internet. Well, thank you. You're too <laughs> kind, uh, Chris. I know that's you. So uh, I appreciate your uh, shout out there. But one of the and that things that will be right at the top of Jeff's. That's right. I'm going to use that. That is a testimonial. So um, one of the things. Let's go kind of back to testimonials. You know, when it comes mm-hmm. to getting your testimonials, you know, you mentioned it's great to have ones with brands that you work for. Like I can right. put on there that I've worked with ecamm for x amount of years or whatever but let's say you're just getting started how do you handle this when you haven't worked with brands yet uh so you're wanting to get brands but what else can you put in place maybe of testimonials that brands haven't given you so so it could be comments from your audience saying oh my god you know that that video was so helpful like you influence you know you from you i learned how to do x from you and now i'm going to do you you see all the time that people buy things i talk about books all the time Mm -hmm. and i started when i first started way back in the day had a twitter chat that was my book club hashtag my book club before oprah i had an online book (laughs) (laughs) before hello sunshine and reese witherspoon um created her empire um but the thing is like it was really hard to make money for it with it um yeah i worked with authors and they would come on and be guests and i would talk about books and I was a random house um, publisher influencer for a while, and they would just send me lots of books, which mm-hmm. was amazing because I love yeah, to read. So that's great. Flipping through all the books, uh, but it didn't really pay, and you still have to disclose it. So it's like for a you know X amount dollar book, you you have to go through all the disclosure stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's so many different steps to it, and I forgot where I was going with that conversation. Oh, about- how to how to build your testimonials right. if you don't have them? Okay, so you can use comments from people in your audience in conversations that you have to show that you are an influencer in your niche before you have. So it's building your community before you have done it. Um, Sandra Salen, who oh is- yeah. Amazing. I love Sandra so much. So, 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 so much. She's my favorite. She does all kinds of stuff. And she just started out. She she was an artist and she's done being an artist and she loves makeup and jewelry and all that kind of stuff. She posts, you know, stuff for, for her age group, which is um, she's. She's an elf. She's, gra- she's a gra- she's a grandmom. She does yeah. grand and grand yeah. influencer. I think yes, is the one that, that she yeah, does. Yeah. So she's done tons of things. Her recent one, she just did um, with a grocery store with um, Christy Teigen's mom. She did a oh, campaign wow. over the holidays. They chose her to come in and do some table setting kind of deals. She's got a fantastic personality, a background in Hollywood. Her husband, I mean, all of everything about Sanders is amazing, but she influences people all the time to buy stuff because she shares makeup. She's honest. She's like, I like this. I don't like this. This, you know, she just talks about mm-hmm. the products and that has led to her getting big PR kits from companies, which are when they send you all their products and you get them ahead of time and share them. And then also she's worked with a bunch of big brands. She's had features in like the New York, I can't remember what the London, I think it's the London Times or Mm -hmm. London Today, Sunday London, something like that. I'm sorry, if you're in England, I don't know your paper, but whatever (laughs) their big paper is on the Sundays, they did a whole story about her. And what she did is just had her passion for makeup and Mm -hmm. she translated that into building a really great Instagram channel. And now she's doing YouTube as well. 
Yeah. So she does a great job. And it's just a matter of, you know, before she had the testimonials, she built the community of people who love what she talks about. You know, she'll do like get ready with me makeup mm-hmm. tutorials and all different. She'll do like, I'm going right. to try these new, like she likes to do press on nails now. She's like, I'm going to try these and she'll like do it live and talk while she's doing it. And it's amazing. Right. So find what you're passionate about and build the community around it. And while you're doing that, if you're thinking of working with brands, use their products, talk about them. Mm-hmm. But until you have the brand testimony, you can use community testimonials That's as great. to grow. That's great. Um, and one of the things with uh, Sandra, because I've watched her too, and people like her and like Roger Wakefield, who started out in plumbing and became a huge influencer in that niche, niche mm-hmm. or niche, niche, whatever. I hate that word. And, and, anyway. And uh, Sandra, you know, it's never too late. Like you can get right. started now if you've never done it before. And Sandra is a great example of that, doing it kind there's, of later. Yeah. There's so many people who take something that they do. There's a guy who I love who does, uh, makes lunches for his kids and he makes like cool lunches right. and he's done all kinds of brand deals. Uh, there's another other guy that I love that does kind of along the lines of plumbing, he has a YouTube channel and I think he's on TikTok. It's like for people who don't have a great connection with your dad, it's like this, oh. I'm your dad showing you how to do things. So oh, he's yeah. like, your dad's telling you how to fix, you know, he does everything around the house. So it's like a do it yourself thing, cool. but he's, it's for, it's from a dad perspective and people really connect with him because they nice. go to YouTube to learn how to do things or TikTok, mm-hmm. either one. And he's there showing them how to do whatever. Right. So it's just a matter. I mean, even Lou, your friend Lou, like right. he loves Disney. Lots of people love Disney. Right. You know, that's why he has a podcast about Disney. Like who would have thought that that would be someone's career path, but it really, (laughs) you know, it's what you're passionate about and you find the people that are also Pat. I mean, there's so many people passionate about Disney. So, so back to, I mean, so the, the short of it is like, listen, if you don't have those brand testimonials yet, your community can provide those for you. And so we have a great community. I want to bring up some comments from them. Uh, Kimberly McCoy says, thank you for speaking about followers versus engagement records. Yes. So that resonated with Kimberly over on Facebook and Dustin, (laughs) Dustin, our friends, Dustin says it's counterproductive to to lie about your stats. Anyways, repeat brand deals should be the goal. And if you set unrealistic expectation with inflated stats, the brands won't come back. So that is very true, Dustin. It is. Thank you for that. Yeah. So, and, and going on that, there's also the thing of, you know, when you do a brand deal, sponsored posts always get lower engagement and stats on it. Mm -hmm. Brands mostly know that, but it's like a good idea before and after you're doing brand stuff to like do some really engaging things to get Mm -hmm. your community really going. It's it's important if you want to do this at all, you have to stay consistent um, on whatever is going to be your main platform. I wouldn't try to do it everywhere. I would say now Instagram and TikTok are definitely the place um, right. People are getting the most. I would say definitely TikTok. TikTokers are making big yeah. bank over there. Yeah, they are. They are. So um, let's talk a little bit, a little bit about what sets your media kit apart because yeah. that's yeah. that's important almost as much as your content does. So mm-hmm. bring, being creative and concise in your kit that kind of shows brands that you your skills are in action and you can use your media kit. It's kind of an opportunity to stand out from the crowd. However, yeah. we all can't be Ellie Wood from you know with our pink perfume paper from Legally Blonde. <laughs> But so how can we gives it a a little something extra? Yeah. So but what can how can we stand out with our digital media kit? I mean, yours is definitely your design 
skills. Like when you see Peg's uh, media kit, they're amazing. She's I've seen multiple ones of them because we we share a lot of stuff. Like, hey, does this look good? <laughs> um, but it, it, she that's one of her skill sets. They look really really good, and also tells brands kind of maybe subconsciously like she knows how to design stuff she knows how to put posts mm-hmm. together she knows how to make things look good so how can people stand out with their digital media kit so even before you have the media kit though it kind of goes into like building your whole brand mm-hmm. so my media kit and everything i do goes back to like my blog and my whole brand so if you see one thing they all kind of go together and it's a takes a little bit of time to figure out who, how to translate who you are into your brand. But I, I'm always who I am. My brand is right. me and it's not like a persona. This is me all the time. So Jeff knows he talks to me all the time. This is night, night. This is me. Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of, uh, it's kind of like um, people get confused when they're starting a brand and sometimes they'll see someone else's brand. I know uh, like Marie Forleo is someone who I love. She has an amazing brand, her YouTube channel. She's an OG YouTube channel. Her yeah. channel is amazing. Um, she sells classes. Her classes are amazing. Um, she is somebody who's copied a lot. She has great taglines and, and she refreshes her stuff in a very big way every year when she redoes her class because people copy her stuff and it really stinks like her YouTube tagline, um, you know, all of it. So Mm. don't ever try to take someone else's thing and copy it to make your brand that number one is never a good idea. And it's not you. I've had people take a lot of content from my website or try to copy what I do. Like all the things in my brand are me, like the fonts I choose, the colors I choose, all the things I choose. It's not going to be exactly the same as someone else. Your brand doesn't need to look like mine or anybody else's. It should fit you. So what you need to do is kind of boil down who you are. I always call that like the three seeds of your brand Mm -hmm. to give people three things to think about. So when you're building your media kit and your online brand, you want to say at the top who you are. Jeff C, YouTuber, Texan, guy with a beard. Like, you know, you want to have like like some things that like Jeff's your beard is part of, I mean, raise your hand yeah. if you knew Jeff before the beard, because Jeff, when I met Jeff, he just had like the baby. Right. He forgot to shave one day and now yeah. look at him. I, I uh, call you guys, uh, <laughs> Beef, uh, BBFs before beard friends. So Peg is one and Mike Alton is one and Dustin is one. So yeah. they're BBFs. Yeah. yeah. So, but it is, it's part of your brand. That could be a brand deal. That could be, a, that could be like a long-term brand deal for some beard oil kind of deal. Right, right. I, I saw this great brand uh, over the holidays. My husband and I went to New York City and we did like the little Christmas markets, which mm-hmm. is, God, that seems like a million years ago. We're still in COVID time where there's like no right. real sense of time. Anyway, the brand was amazing and they made cool brand, uh, cool beard oil. And it was called Zaddy, <laughs> which yeah. my husband loved it. We had no idea what a Zaddy even was, which is funny. So you could be a Zaddy beard oil mm-hmm. like salesman. Mm-hmm. I could. Um, yeah. So, so it's all part of building like something special, unique, who you are. You even have it in your logos. You have it all over. So it's kind of like building that. Like if they see that, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, that's that guy with the beard that I saw do that thing. He would be so good to talk about our new blah, blah, blah. So it's kind of like seeing like how the brand can work with you and it builds your demographics and with your personality and with your brand. So it's kind of all of those things together. So you want to have that in your media kit. It has like your name. You want to have like your, your little like kind of tagline, your, your demographics. 
books. You want to have definitely how people can reach you. Have a professional email. Think about what your email address is there because they, they'll get that. The number one way that I see brands connecting with people, though, is through direct messages. They send a lot of direct messages. So you want to make sure that you're checking your messages because that's where they might contact you first and then it moves over to email. So would you say because of that reason with direct messengers, it's a good idea to have your electronic media kit optimized for mobile? Like if it's a PDF, should it be able to look in there? Would that be something because so many people are going through DMs Can now? You, I think usually that at that point it's through email. They, okay. if, if they want to work with you, they connect through email pretty and then soon. And so. the, then you send them the, the, the uh, yeah. media kit through there. Yeah, they'll be like, hey, can you send the media so kit? So one of the things I think and, and kind of – people really need to remember was what you said earlier about not making it your own. Don't copy what somebody else is doing because it's successful. Mm-hmm. Um, right. It's great to get inspiration for those people. That's fine, but make it your mm-hmm. own. I, like when uh, John Lee Dumas came out with entrepreneur on fire, everything became set up was started bursting into flames. Like uh, there was like accountants <laughs> on fire, you know, then it was firefighters on fire. I mean, oh it was just, God. it was crazy. So, I mean, if you want to look at a kind of ridiculous example, you know, look at all the podcasts that are on fire uh, ever right. since John did that. And that still right. happens when they start. So make it yeah. your own. Uh, but it just, the, it best, me. the best things are the organic ones. Like the guy on TikTok that was going to work and he, his car broke down, he's skateboarding and he was drinking cra- ocean spray cranberry and playing a Fleetwood Mac song. And the Fleetwood Mac song went crazy. I mean, obviously yeah. they're a very well-known band, but all of a sudden any music that's popular on TikTok, the bands make, they make a ton of money from it, mm-hmm. thankfully. Yeah. And they're popular. Like there's so many stars that are, people that we know now because they did something online like Sean Mendez. Um, oh, yeah. oh my gosh. Hardy B. Yeah. Uh, Megan Zach the King, Stallion even started. Zach King when he started doing cool stuff, you know, well, Zach King, Zach King is amazing. Yeah. He's awesome. Um, but I was just talking about music. Those were musicians oh, yeah. who yeah. just did, they were, they were popular because they did their music on TikTok, Instagram, mm-hmm. Vine, one of those things. So my point is being your own organic, cool thing. I'm not saying that it's easier, but that guy didn't think he was going to, go viral right. and he just was Put making stuff out. Yeah. He was just going, he was just filmed skateboarding and drinking, which I would a hundred percent fall. Let's be yeah, honest. I would be in the hospital. I probably would fall if I drank cranberry. If I drank a big thing like that and tried to walk, it yeah. would a hundred percent be right <laughs> down me. Right. But anyway, he ended up making a ton of money from that. So it's mm-hmm. It's not that that was the goal, but he was just doing his thing and it became popular. So it's not necessarily that your goal is to go viral on TikTok or wherever, but sometimes in the process of doing your thing, you know, you can have something be popular. So I want to talk about uh, kind of this micro influencer, nano influencer. So like micro influencer Mm -hmm. is like 10,000 to like 50,000 followers and then like nano i think is what they're classifying 1000 to 10000 i guess so yeah. they yeah. and they they break it down everybody has kind of a little different numbers so yeah. let's let's say you kind of suffer from a little bit of imposter syndrome because you know you can be really intimidated when you start looking at some of these even like TikTok videos where, where some of them have like these millions of views um, and you're like, hey, I just got on TikTok. What am I doing? Um, right. So what's and you're kind of maybe, you know, unsure of what stats you may want to share. So mm-hmm. when it comes to performance stats, is there is is there a low that it's too low that you shouldn't mention? Or is there a way that you can actually demonstrate your value to a brand if you find yourself in that kind of micro or nano? Like you only have like, let's say, a couple thousand followers. Can you still get brand right. deals? 
Yes, definitely. I, I see a lot of them. And on TikTok, you can, even if you make something, there's an example, there's a, a lady that um, she didn't even have a lot of followers. She did mostly like Amazon couponing things. Mm-hmm. And then she made this video where she was using this hair tool that I actually have and love. So it's a good <laughs> one, but she just like, she just like did her hair and that thing blew up. And then it's, it, that's the kind of thing where you never even know. It wasn't even that great of a video. It was just like one that she did. Um, so I think the main thing is to know that brands already know what your numbers are. They're very smart and savvy and they know what they're looking for. So if they're talking to you at all, there's a good chance they want to work with you. Or if it's a brand that you want to work with, don't worry that much about it. Just keep doing your great stuff and try to be engaging. Mm -hmm. So if you want to get people involved in things and more eyeballs on it, you want to make sure you're using the right hashtags. You know that you're kind of doing something maybe a little trendy. If you see a sound that's picking up, there's all kinds of apps where you can find trending music, or it just has a little up arrow next to it. That's like teeny tiny on the screen. Um, If you can hop on something that's kind of trending, it actually does help a lot. Uh, One the only thing I have on TikTok that like exploded was I was just kind of like looking to see what was working on TikTok. And it was like a really short video under seven seconds with text all over it and like something going with kind of a heartfelt message over it. Mm -hmm. So I made this little video of my husband, not him, but his hands working on it because he does not want to be on any of it. He was making these Easter eggs that his grandma always made. And Mm -hmm. that has like almost 600,000 views. Wow. Uh, Betty Crocker commented. I was like, Hey, Betty Crocker, how about if we, (laughs) you know, partner on some holiday stuff? But they were like, hi, we like your video. They weren't interested, but um, because I'm not a baking person, like all my stuff isn't about baking. But so just as an example, brands already kind of see what's going on. You don't have to worry if you've had a video that's gone viral. I would say being consistent and having people who are interested in your content is more important than having like a viral post or having bigger numbers. They know that they're con- that they would they want to work with people with smaller networks because the smaller people actually have better engagement than people with 30 million, 40 million. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Charlie D'Amelio, they're not going to get her. Like a brand right. is they they're going to pay huge amounts of money for that. So, um I would say organic is better. Look at Ben Affleck and the Dunkin' Donuts Super Bowl commercial. They did not go to him. Ben Affleck said, hey, I have an idea and this is what I want to do. And they were like, "Eh, we want to film you in the boardroom. He was like, let me film it myself and then you can decide. And I love those Super Bowl. I loved his Super Bowl Dunkin' Donuts. He's a super fan. He is a Dunkin' Donut super fan. He gets, there's so many memes of Ben drinking Dunkin' Donuts. Mm -hmm. So good for him. Yeah. I mean. So. So uh, this is a great, and speaking about community, uh, and yeah. uh, this is from our friend Ross Brand. He goes, are you talking about total followers across social or one specific platform? So that's a great question. That's a good question. When, you, when you break it down for media kits, should you break it down by platform or should you just go like, here's all my numbers? I put um. Nope, I lost you, Peg. Oh, can you hear me? I yeah, no, you're back. You're back. Here. You're back. Good, because that was a really bad freeze face. <laughs> um, right. It's always like the worst. You're never like yeah. smiling and looking at it. Yeah. Um, so you could put your total numbers and then break it down by social channel. Usually you would work with them on what, I mean, there's all different kinds of deals. So you, you could do something across all your so- social platforms. It could just be for one post. It could be, there's all different kinds of brand deals, but I break it down by different social channel. So like overall I have 200,000 followers, but then that's like, 
and like a micro influencer in between there. So right. it doesn't, it, I, th- I swear numbers don't matter as much. The, the reason that numbers, even to the, to the point where when I was researching how much to charge for stuff, mm-hmm. it was based on engagement, not follower count. So that is a mm-hmm. true thing right there. They're not looking at the number. They're looking at the engagement and it was like 0.0 whatever per engagement. So mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely shifting because, um, to no faults of influencers, all the algorithms have changed and you might have a lot of numbers. And if you're not consistent, you're not going to get the engagement. So I'm not posting on Instagram daily. I'm not running stories all the time, but if I wanted to, you know, get back into working with brands, I would have to do that and be really consistent with it and just Mm -hmm. keeping the numbers up because you would want to show Engagement. What you get in your the engagement in the stories, yeah. So let's talk about that because, um, you know, kind of like, you know, rates, like salaries, there's a lot of factors that go into, you know, a pay scale, convenience, mm-hmm. flexibility, other benefits, like mm-hmm. how many times you're going to post. But mm-hmm. that kind of all seems arbitrary if you've never worked with a particular brand or company before. So how do you determine... Right a rate for yourself? Uh, how do you price yourself competitively without losing your self-worth and value? Because, you know, and, and the thing is, is like, and I just read a great article from Justin, uh, gosh, he does the brand deal wizards. I can't remember his last name, but he has a great email, but he was talking about like, don't even ask, you know, other people in your industry what they're charging. You need to figure out what you need to charge, which I thought was right. an interesting take. So yeah, what is your advice on this peg? Because this is the big struggle I know that I have had mm-hmm. And I know other people have is like, how do you figure out your rates to charge for an influencer gig? I know it, it is hard. And there's, you know, there's two sides of it. Kind of like what just Justin was saying is, you know, there's the side of like what, what they'll pay you. And then how long is it going to take you to do it? Is it worth it? You know, mm-hmm. when you first start out, people are, you're just so happy that brands will send you free stuff. They'll f- send you free makeup and send you free. So you're like, yay, free stuff. But eventually you're like, wow, I did a lot of work for that free stuff. So you, to get to the point where people are paying you, there's kind of, there's kind of different factors. So I found a couple of different things for, I found one for TikTok and one for Instagram mm-hmm. to talk about like specific numbers. Cool. And I found this great tool. Um, I'll share a link in the comments. It was like, oh, let me pull up the name of it. Cause I just, it's like, in, it's like inspire me dot Instagram pricing calculator, but I'll put a link, a link because it's, okay. it's like spelled weird. But anyway, they have a little calculator where you can put in your um, Instagram handle and then it gives you like a little range and you can put how many posts, how many stories. So I did for my Instagram, one post in three stories. It generated. Hope you froze again. Charge 951. Hey, go back and say that again. You froze a minute. Okay. So, um, for my followers, I have like 34,700 followers on Instagram. It generated what they estimated the engagement to be. And then it said I should get $951 to $1,200 for one post in three stories. Like that's what they're saying that I could get. And I will tell you that I haven't done, I, that's less than I've charged when I've done it because Mm -hmm. it's a lot of work to do that. Right. There's a lot of work that goes into it. So you think, oh, it's just one post, just three stories, but there's a lot of back and forth with the brand. When you're creating content with a brand, it takes so much longer because you want it to be perfect and to be great. So it's not, it's just not like a quick one-off thing. So that was Instagram. Um, and I love that tool because it kind of gave you a range. Now you could use that if you're just starting out and it gives you, like, say it tells you $500, you could say, fine. If it's a dream brand that you've always wanted to work with, 
fine, do the deal for the, what they're offering. If you do a great job, it could lead to more things with them later. So it's there's nothing wrong with taking something that you maybe feel is a little bit lower. The thing that you want to avoid is working only for product unless you really want it. Right. Uh, if you're working only for product, you're never making money on that. And technically, you're supposed to pay taxes on anything right. that you receive in kind. So. Um, there's a lot of things to think about. The shop of, I found a Shopify article that had pay range for TikTok, and that one just had by the number of followers. It didn't have any engagement factors worked in there. I can find that article and share that too later. But this had for 1,000 to 10,000, you should get $800 a post. For 10,000 to 50,000, it was 1,500. For 50,000 to 500, it was 3,000. And then 500 to a million, 5,000. And then we know anything over that, you know, the sky's the limit. Right, right, <laughs> God right. only knows what celebrities are making millions of dollars for a right, post anywhere. Right. So, but, um, but that, I, I think that's great. That, that gives you a baseline. Now that doesn't mean you have to, to do that. Yeah. So, uh, Facebook right. user, I don't know, Phil, uh, Facebook user, I don't know why it's coming, not coming through, but, uh, <laughs> drop your, your name in there. So I don't have to call you Facebook user, but they say, uh, I encourage my peers and junior peers to push up their fees when they do. I raise my fees. I always want to be the most expensive as psychology as this prof and this profession has value. So uh, yeah. that's an interesting way to do it. Um, that is true. Uh, I, I lost out a deal to someone I know who charged more even mm -hmm. though my engagement and everything else was better. So it's true. That could happen. Yeah. So <laughs> once again, you have to be comfortable and feel. And one of the things is I guarantee most people are not charging enough for the people right. who I've talked to. And they're saying, Hey, I don't know. I, was, I gave them this number and I'm like, you should have doubled that. Like, mm -hmm. because of the amount of work. Uh, right. And I know the deal casters have this happen all the time is like when you become an Amazon influencer, people they come out of the woodwork wanting you to do it now mm -hmm. it was really great when i got started because i wanted free stuff like you were saying if you want right. free stuff that's great like um but i don't do that much anymore unless i really right. really want it or if it's like right. woodworking like i really want this company to send me this like laser etcher for my woodworking like if you're listening i'm still interested um right but, but other and than that, that, that it's is like, part of it yeah. right but you, but ultimately you're doing this because you want to get paid. So, right. you, you know, you're going to get, you're going to get offers saying, we'd love to send you this product in exchange for um, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. The really cool brands say, we want to send this to you. There's no expectation that you have to do anything, but we just right. want you to have our product. There's one brand and they even like follow up and they're like, do you want, do you need more? We'll send you more products. And I, yeah. I love, it's very nice. Those are cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, but um, going back to that, so you need to make sure that you're comfortable with negotiating, which is very, very hard. So mm -hmm. they're going to come and they're going to go, what do you charge? And then it's kind of that, what do you pay? What do you charge? What do you pay? Like, so mm -hmm. you can ask the brand, you can say like, what, um, you know, what, a lot mm -hmm. of times it might be a specific campaign that you want to work with. So they'll say, you know, in our industry, it's like, we're going to this speaking at this event. You, they want to do a tie in with that. They want you to do stuff live there, blah, blah, blah. Um, so you can say, well, what's your budget for this event? You can kind of mm -hmm. turn it back on them and see if, if brands accept your deal right away, you know, you're probably not charging enough. Right. Um, if they didn't come back and say, well, we're not really sure about that. The other piece is when you're in, in the negotiation part, there's a lot of things to look at. Like, um, is this exclusive? Is this exclusive for 30 days? You know, how many places are you posting? Do you need to leave this up forever? Like there's things in there. So you need to make sure that you read contracts that they send you. And also, when are you going to get paid for this? Because sometimes mm -hmm. brands are really slow 
to pay and that really stinks. So you want to make sure that it has in there when you're going to get paid. Do you want half of it up front? Then tell them I want half of this up front and then 30 days after I want it all paid because tracking down money from people from something you did a while ago is a pain. the pits. Yeah. Yep. That is very, you know, and that also reading those contracts, because more and more I've seen uh, brand deals come through. When you read this fine print, they say you, you can't do any competitor's products for like right. 60 days or, you know, half yeah. a year or something. So be yeah. real, read all that stuff. And, and most of the time when I've had stuff happen like that, I've able to go and say, like, I'm not doing that like change the right. contract. And most of the, right. a lot of times I found they'll do that because they really want you to talk about or their product or something. You can say if you know, I need this to be changed or my rate is triple. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so we talk about that a lot with Amazon stuff because if they start giving me direction on how to shoot a video, then that becomes a paid thing and yeah. my rates really shoot up because I don't want to have yeah. to deal with going back and forth with the brand. If they, if right. I am, they're going to have to pay me. The other thing right. is is if they say we want to use this video on our own social channels mm -hmm. we want to have the rights to it well then you really jack the rates up because you're losing out on any stuff that you would have for right. your own channel so uh always always read the contract always you know make sure you understand what the brand is really asking for and be very mm -hmm. clear like if they're giving you something like if i have a product that somebody wants to send me and i really want it like a woodworking something or other i'm very clear like thank you for this product you have no direction on me saying, saying, how do you want the shot or, you know, any right. of that stuff. It's just like, I will do it the way I want to. When you move into directing me, that's a whole nother price. Right. Level. If so. you want to give me a script and I'm doing X, right. that costs more. Yeah. It, yeah. it is. Everything is negotiable and everything they add on costs more. So if they want to give you a script, if they're giving you, you know, if they want to just send you product and you do your thing, that's a okay. But you do just have to look for all of the, the right. fine print and yeah. stuff like exclusivity and and if they don't have a contract, be wary and ask for one. So, yeah, don't just. Yeah, like, I would say most of them have contracts because they really want the right to post up on their channels. Well, so I'm, it's, yeah, my thing is, it's like what I was talking about through Amazon. They'll just send you stuff like make sure you get a contract if things are going just to protect you in the long run. So um, the other piece and this is really a whole other show is uh, when you do branded content, you do need to make sure that you're disclosing it. And if oh, brands yeah. are asking you not to disclose that you're working with them, that is a huge flag, yeah. flag, flag. I won't work with brands. I, I had a brand who was sending me stuff and wanted, you know, they were like, you know, they wanted all these people to be brand ambassadors for them, but they didn't want you to tell that, that you were working with them. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm done. Thanks anyway. But you know, and I actually had a call with their social media team to talk about all this stuff because they were new and they didn't know how to do this. I'm like, you guys are asking people to do this and it's really not okay. But the owner of the company, that's how they wanted it to all look organic. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not organic. That's Illegal. You're manipulating the market and <laughs> yeah. it's illegal. Yeah. yeah. So I said, no, thank you. And I yeah. do love the product and I've talked about them a lot, but I don't anymore because I'm like, that's not cool. No. So a couple questions, I mean, a couple of comments from our audience, uh, Gary Stockton, a friend watching over on YouTube, he goes, yeah, Fender, get in touch. Yeah, he wants a brand <laughs> deal there. He's a great musician. I like watching him on Instagram. He does a great job. Um, and Rich has a great uh, comment saying, always be willing to walk away too. So that right. is a great right. point, Rich. And that's, yeah. that's negotiation. You can't be so excited about mm -hmm. that. You just say yes and sign it right away. And then later you realize, oh, you had an exclusive deal in there and you can't. 
Right. You know, that's really important to read those contracts. By the way, something I'll never walk away from is our friends over at EKM. <laughs> Look at that. Um, so, yeah. So one of the cool things we're talking about brand deals is um, I was using EKM way before I even, you know, started the show. And, you know, they even we even talked about having them be a sponsor of the show. And that's one of the things I want to bring up. It's it's great to have a real relationship with the brand, a brand that you can trust, mm-hmm. that you can talk to and 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 go back and forth with ideas on. And that's why I love ecam and that's why i continue to you know shout their praises during the show really appreciate them for sponsoring the show I mentioned earlier that they just rolled out with version four which is amazing they got a ton of cool stuff happening in their community as well they're one of the best brands i think on helping uh train about the product and, and having a community and discord and on facebook all the places so if you haven't checked them out yet and you want to create presentations live shows all sorts of stuff make sure you go to socialmedianewslive.com forward slash ecam all righty so let's continue our talk uh, about uh, media kits but we're going to talk a little bit about okay you got a media kit now what do you do because um <laughs> i get a lot of pitches i know peg you get a lot of pitches through email and linkedin that end up in spam and most of them are just emails but once in a while i get a media kit uh so what's the best way to reach out to potential partners with your media kit instead of like a cold email or sliding into their DMS? What's the best way that you found? Like (laughs) you want to, you want to do that to connect with some of these brands? Well, it kind of is sliding into into your DMS. I think the first thing is maybe make a list of brands that you really want to work with. Like who are your dream partners? And then, you know, kind of, check out their social, make sure that they, that you fit with their brand. You know, if they're very conservative brand, you don't want to be swearing or, you know, doing things like, so it's kind of fitting in those ways. And then, you know, try to connect with them online and talk with them. Kimpton, I definitely was talking to them before I worked with them and I just sent them a pitch like, Hey, I'm doing this thing. I love, I would love, I sent them a like, Hey, I'd love to work with you thing. Mm -hmm. Um, TJ Maxx, a brand, that I love contacted me. So that was like, Oh my God, I love TJ Maxx. Like that. I love TJ Maxx so much that I was like, I probably would have almost done that for free, but I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I know I didn't. And if I did, Barbara Corcoran would have kicked my butt. She was so (laughs) awesome. At that, at that event, I got to meet Barbara Corcoran and Layla Ali, like two really awesome business women. Um, but yeah, so that, so yeah, it's kind of like knowing who you want to work with, you know, make a little vision board for it and kind Mm -hmm. of put it out there. Like, what would these look like? If you have an idea for a thing that you want to do with a brand, don't just do it and put it out for free. You could just, you know, kind of create pitches and send it to them. I've done that. Like, Mm -hmm. Hey, we could do this. Um, you know, I've done that with guy before too. And there's companies that he wanted to work with, you know, make it happen. Like say, Hey, you know, sometimes you just reach out and say, Hey, blah, blah, blah. But sometimes it's a little bit of a flirtation with a brand beforehand. Like maybe you're mentioning them. Maybe you're talking, like I tried it with Betty Crocker. Uh, Betty was only sort of interested, Yeah, <laughs> but I so, could have pursued it more, but honestly, like I, that's really not right. my niche. So I was, like, I would have been happy you know. to send me some like muffin mix. That'd be great. <laughs> so, I love yep. Betty Crocker. I have the body built by Betty Crocker, by the way. Um, <laughs> the thing that I wanted to ask you is like, do you wait for a brand to request your media kit or should you just send it uh to, um i think like, i would cold. talk to people i think i would kind of talk to them first i don't think i would blindly i've never done a blind send i think it's just kind of like you want to have all these pieces ready in case they do ask you you want to connect with them probably the you know they'd say send me an email here and send your media kit so okay. you don't want to at that point have to try to like create it it's kind of good to keep something current mm-hmm. um you could have it on your website so people could download it 
Mm-hmm. You know, you could send a message out saying, you know, I'm interested in working with brands. If you want me to send your send me your meeting, you know, there's a way you can just let people know you're open to stuff too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like putting putting it out there, like, hey, I'm looking to work with brands that do X, Y, Z. Yeah. You know, I um, saw one recently where somebody wanted. I can't even remember what it was. Sometimes it's even companies like they just make a video like a fake. Somebody did it on TikTok. They did a fake commercial for something, and then they got hired to do it. They were not paid. They just loved the brand so much, and the brand was like, "I love it." <laughs> so, so the, what, your point about making a pitch, like how mm-hmm. once you send the pitch, like how long should you wait before like you follow up? Like you don't want to be annoying, but do you have no. like a rule, of, uh, like a rule of thumb that where you like say, okay, I'm going to wait before mm-hmm. I follow up and hopefully they'll ask for a media kit? I think if you're connecting, usually it's either like a PR firm or the brands mm-hmm. people, they're pretty good about doing things right away. So I would say like a week, week and a half, follow back up and just be like, hey, I'd love to talk with you, you know, and if, if it's their job to connect with people. So if they're not responding, they might just not be interested. I mean, you could follow up and say, you know, Hey, let me know if you need more information, you know, if you have any ideas or that, that might be a good place to say, you know, I've been thinking about this deal. I had this great idea to do X with X, like if it's a certain product, um, Hmm. you know, it might be a place where you might need to be creative and come up with an, a really good idea to pitch to them. Maybe they hadn't thought of it and maybe, you know, it'll be good. I, I actually just saw one um, on TikTok. It was a girl that was talking about makeup and she, she does her mascara like in a really, she really weird way. She just puts on a ton of it, gets it all over and then she cleans it off. <laughs> and she just, ha- she has like a great eyelashes though, like on her own, but she just does a mess. She's like, does everybody do this? And so like, uh, like rare beauty, one of the big, um, Selena Gomez's mm-hmm. beauty brand reposted her video. So with permission, of course, and they mentioned right. her. So, you know, it's just kind of sometimes doing the thing to get out there, you know, maybe, maybe you are doing something that would be kind of a paid thing for later, but I think she was really just doing her makeup and showing how she does it. And she ended up getting hired by a different brand to be in their ad campaigns because she had such great eyelashes. So you never know where something's going to go. You know, like she was just kind of being like, I make a mess when I do mascara. Does anybody else do this? It was funny. (laughs) It was like the opposite of what most people show. She and she got two big brands attention and hired by probably both of them. Wow. So, um, so sometimes it's just like, you know, the, maybe your cold, maybe your cold pitch is you doing something creative with the brand before you're working with them is what I'm saying. Gotcha. So I want to be respectful of your time, but I have a couple more minutes on this section. Do you yep. need me to move on or are you good for sticking around a little bit? Do longer? what you want to do. Okay. Because I mean, this is <laughs> great stuff. This is going to, this is providing a lot of value for people because this is something that I don't think a lot of people talk about. And so it's really, I think important. Mm-hmm. So the question, so we got this media kit. So what can we actively do? You mentioned building a community, uh, yeah. and, you know, and maybe at mentioned them not being a pain about it, but like every once in a while or right. whatever. So right. how do we actively attract brands to invest in us? Is there, is it enough to do your thing? Just keep putting out great content as everybody says, hoping that somebody notices you someday, or how can we pr- be proactive on attracting brands? I would say, yeah, it is a matter of just doing your thing. Um, and I'll use an example. I'm not going to say her name because she's she's somebody that I, she, I, she's not a client, but I, right. I am like friends with her. She's actually a local girl and she works with my daughter. She's amazing. She has a really great TikTok account. She does makeup. She just does. She does her little get ready with me makeup. She has worked with tons and tons of big brands now. Tons of brands are working out with her. 
Um, she, and that was really from her just loving makeup. She just tries the products and she does it. She's in the right place. She's on TikTok. She, and she, you know, she's very consistent on her niche and all these brands talk to her in her comments, but also in DMs. So if, you know, you just have to be in the right place doing the right thing. That is how it works these days. Um, you know, if you're making like videos and they're not getting interaction, nobody's interested. Are you doing them in the right place? Um, YouTube, I think is harder to connect. I don't hear of people on YouTube getting direct messages from brands and getting deals. Do you, I never hear that. I I have them reached out. Like if they're, if they're a specific, like we had, uh, money, uh, Weaver on a couple of weeks ago, he does really like tech stuff and like going live and all stuff. And they'll reach out to him because he does. He's very specific about like, I'm going to be, this is the microphone I use. This is why you should use it. And he gets brand yeah. deals that way. He's also big on Amazon, but uh, okay. I think I, so I'm DM, like, I'm, DMs are the place. So just, if you're doing yeah. your thing, you know, just be consistent with your niche. You know, if, if I want to do, if I want to connect with baking brands, I would have to start all over and just post Bake baking a lot. stuff every yeah. day. But um, then I'm Which you could do by the way, cause I've seen your stuff. It's pretty good. <laughs> if I could get my husband out of my kitchen. <laughs> he likes to bake now more than I do. I can never get in there. That's funny. Um, but he makes so, great stuff. So <laughs> so on that same note, let's talk about, you know, kind of going beyond this media kit. Um, yep. How do you leverage? I mean, this is this could be also another show, but really just quickly, some of your tips uh, leveraging social media when you're securing those brand deals. Like, how do you use your yep. following on LinkedIn, Instagram or others to secure those brand deals? Maybe not just mention your numbers, but is there ways that you can use those platforms to get them? I think it's just a matter of connecting with them. So um, I don't know if anybody who gets, well, maybe there's some LinkedIn brand deals, maybe. Mm -hmm. LinkedIn actually doesn't want people posting sponsored content, but people do it. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there a way to leverage it? I think it's basically just the engagement and the numbers. Right. Yeah, it's and it's not the, the follower count necessarily, it's the engagement count. So it's kind of building your community, nurturing your community, and really being interested in your community. Like, it's not a matter of just like posting and posting and posting. You can't post and ghost, as I like to say. Um, It's really a matter of connecting and being interested in your audience. So like you were saying with Ecamm, they have a community and they're really passionate. Obviously, they want you to pay for their product, right? but they're not just like buy our product, do our thing. They're like, Hey, join our community. Here's other people doing it. I love when you can join a community for something that you want to learn. That is like really where you connect with people. I'm doing a writing workshop this weekend for a community that I found on Instagram. I I'm a writer, but I don't really have like writer friends and I want writer friends. I want people to connect with. I want to like learn. It's hard to learn how to do like this whole thing, learning all the brand thing. It's like another thing to be an author and to Mm -hmm. build that. Like there's the same things, but different things. Um, So I was really involved. Like I love communities. Some of them you pay to be a part of, and that's fine. Like Ecamm, that's their thing. But if there was like somebody who is producing videos, I'm sure there's tons of them who have communities and you could join this community for X amount of money. It's worth it. So building a community and building the engagement is really where the numbers are these days. So, you know, if you if you feel like you're not getting anywhere, just make sure that you're you're creating content for the people who you want to reach and connect with them, whether it's in messages or like right in the comments. A, A lot of the best conversations do happen in direct messages. So that's a, that Just was something even I was going to, 
that's one of the things that I, especially on Instagram, when you were talking about like engagement and brands looking at your engagement, I've seen a lot of people and a lot of uh, experts in social media talk about how important DMs are. Well, that's mm-hmm. hidden from a brand. So right. can you give them like, hey, yeah, I get X amount of DMs per month. I mean, is that a stat that we should think about? Because a lot of people are sliding mm-hmm. into DMs to ask questions. There's conversation and actually community happening in these in these DMs. So what would you yeah, say? Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen that specifically as a stat, okay. but I mean, the ones that. Like the, um, in Instagram stories, there's a little that you can encourage right, right. people to send you a message. So there's stats from that. So if you did okay. something, there's stats for that one in particular, but just think about using all the tools that you have like that. Send me a message, you know, respond, you know, ask me a question, all of those things, the new things that they add into stories are all to build the conversation. So it's not just you posting, it's you. And to be honest, I never post pictures of myself that much anymore. Mm-hmm. And yesterday I posted a picture and I've gotten messages since then just saying like, yeah, hey, just nice yeah. messages. So cool. it's, it's interesting that uh, like that wasn't my intended goal, but that's what happened. So it's kind of like just reaching people because if you want to work with brands that's going to be part of what you have to do because they want you to post and need people to talk about it so you can't just expect to start doing a brand deal and magically people are going to appear doesn't happen that way and also in a in a good way build your community of friends so when you do have a brand post you could send it to a couple of your friends and say could you please comment on this for right. me, not to people you don't know, not to, right. uh, you know, right, I'm right. talking about your true friends. Like right. I could send it to you. I could send it to Dustin and I could say yeah. like, Hey, you know, can you just comment on this? Because the, anything that you post with that, that branded content tag, it does get less distribution and you can't sponsor those posts. Right. You can't boost anymore. Them, yeah. You used right. to be able to, I actually worked that into my thing uh, a couple times where they had to pay for sponsorship of the post So it could get get better distribution, but now they don't let you do that anymore. Right. So this is, so, you know, you mentioned uh, writer friends. Well, Kathy says, I started following Peg because she is a fellow writer. So So there you go. You are my writer friend. (laughs) There you go. So, uh, so I want to, I want to move on to our last segment here uh, really quickly, because I think this (laughs) is where Peg really shines. I mean, all her stuff's good, but she is an incredible designer. (laughs) I keep telling her she needs to do a course on creating presentations because uh, they're amazing. But uh, we mentioned at the top of the show, you know, you can make a media kit all on your own with, Mm -hmm. you know, your copywriting skills, templates, free tools. So what do you recommend we use when we start making these brand kits? I know you have some favorite tools that you use. I would say Canva. (laughs) I made my first one in Canva when there was no templates for it. But now if you search for Canva media kits, there is maybe 250 different templates in there. Mm -hmm. So you want to fit something. If you're going to look, you could just look through the templates and make your own a hundred percent from scratch, or just take one of theirs and a hundred percent customize it, which is what I do. Uh, So you want to make sure it has photos of you, recent photos of you. Um, Don't try to you want they want to work with you so it's got to be the you right now whatever they're going to see on camera that's what they need to see on your thing so you want to um if you have actually the girl that um i talked about on TikTok, she was like what do i do i don't even know how to do this i actually made her a really cute um media kit and i love to help people that don't ask (laughs) here's a media kit i made for you um 
but you could do screenshot, you could do shots from your video. So like you could do like little, she's got all these great um, vertical videos. So I just like took little pictures from there. It does take longer to do it that way, but you could just go through um, anytime that you're filming a video, do some still shots before or after, you know, just think about building up a little repertoire of things that look like brand deals you could make. Uh, yeah. So just make sure that you have like current pictures, good pictures, everything we always talked about is do like clear the best pictures. But right now, like everything is moved more towards the Gen Z doesn't even like clear pictures. They like, like a blurry, like, right. like you're moving right. kind of deal. Right. So, Hey, if you're young and you can do that, good for you, Go for but it. I'm yeah. still with the clear photos. Um, if there's specific brands you want to work with, you know, look at what their brand looks like, kind of get a feel, you know, you could do different media kits for different things. I, for guys stuff, I had, had done specific pitches for certain brands. So, you know, if it's a really big brand, you know, think about how, what kind of stuff they have. Is it moody? Is it mm -hmm. bright and fresh? Is it, you know, it's right. They're all different. So look at their aesthetic. You're what you're saying pretty much. Yeah. So. Don't, don't copy. Oh, you froze again. Don't copy. Um, no, you're back. Okay. You froze uh, a little bit. I hate another bad freeze. Uh. Um, so yeah. So for your media kit, if you're making your main media kit, you want it to look like if you have a website to match that or whatever your aesthetic is. I like plants. I have lots of plants. My whole backstage thing is pretty much my aesthetic. I have plants. It's got, you know, my book is back there. It's got things that are my brand colors, stuff like that. Um, so just, you know, you want to have current pictures. You want to have your like demographics. You want to have your little like elevator pitch. You know, I'm a blah, blah. Some people put their age and everything and stuff. It's mostly the younger people. I don't, I would never put my age on stuff, but maybe <laughs> if I was, maybe I would have if I was right. in my twenties, but I don't think so. Right. Um, so just what you're comfortable with, it's got to have your contact information so they can email you. Um, they get a lot of stuff. If they print it out, you would want them to have that. Uh, examples, your stats, things like that. So, and just do it in a really nice creative way. You're, you're doing online stuff, you know, do it so you're on a computer, do it so you're like in a little smartphone mm -hmm. with a frame kind of deal. Um, and Canva has all those things that you can actually drop stuff in really, yep. really easy to make those kind of graphics to, to do it. So Very it's easy. easier probably than you think if you find the right mm -hmm. template. But once what was Peg was saying, make sure that you because you don't want people looking at your, your meeting kit going, oh, they made that in Canva. You want to customize right. a little bit enough that it is yours. So, you know, and, change the colors, and, all that stuff. Yeah. And if, the, if you don't see anything that you love or if you f want something that you feel is really different, creativemarket.com is a fantastic place to go and get templates. But they're not obviously as widely used as right. the ones on Canva. So you can take those and customize them. You could hire someone to create design stuff for you, but you don't really have to. I mean, it, it's really, it's, it is easy to make yeah. something. That so Peg like says you. it's easy, but her stuff's amazing. And, you know, so uh, I think she's going to drop in, in the comments uh, to some of her examples of some media kits. Uh, yeah, make sure, I can do that. Once again, don't copy use it for inspiration, <laughs> but you'll get some great ideas from hers and, and it's a PDF. So it'd be really hard to copy anyway, but, um, but you no, look at it and see how she's that, doing can, it. You can open PDFs in Canva now. I, shh, I was trying to save you from people copying. Anyway, anyway um, Good luck. <laughs> but <laughs> make sure that you, you know, change it up, but look how she's laid it out. Look how the flow goes in her media kits. Uh, it's to be honest, she does a really great job because it's kind of an art 
Uh, it's not just a standard template. Um, and uh, Gary says, yeah, um, he says, it's great to have for going on podcasts. Yeah, more and more mm-hmm. podcasts, um, like Gary's saying, are, are, you know, when you're wanting to be on some of those higher podcasts, a great way to yep. grow your podcast audience is to be on other podcasts. Having a media yep. kit, talking about what you talk about, what where you're, where your you're visible, your downloads, right. all that stuff is a big deal. So Gary, thank you for that comment. Well, um, you can do, there's a lot of different ways that you can use a media kit. It's not just for somebody who wants to work with a brand. It can be an author. If you're an mm-hmm. author, you can make a one sheet or a two page um, for your book. Or if you're looking for an agent, if you're in the query process, so that's called, um, you can have it be all the stuff about you. you can, and especially if you don't have a website, which um, some people don't these days, but if you don't, you know, it needs to have all your stats on there. Mm-hmm. So you could be a podcast. You could be someone looking for guests. You could be someone who wants to be a guest either way, but people right. pitch, but I think, gosh, I think people probably pitch podcasts more than anything else now. So what's the benefit of having you on as a guest? Are you a good guest? Are you interesting? Like what right. other shows have you been on right. that can, and- all of those things are important. And also make sure you, I get so many pitches where people don't even know what my podcast is talking about. They say, hey, I love your podcast. And it's very, very obvious that they have never listened to it before. So uh, how about the people who send me one on my podcast? I don't even have one. (laughs) That's right. So I get those on LinkedIn. Hey, your podcast is great. I love, I'm like, Really? Yeah. What one? Is, tell me. Yeah. Tell what me. My, tell me what mine is. Because I don't even know is. it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, last question: How often should we be updating our media kit? Is it like once a year, once a quarter? Should we really keep talking about Google Plus uh, on? <laughs> on our, so, how often should I, we? Update I do it? just because I have a million and a half followers on Google Plus. Right. Even though it's gone, to yeah. me, it's not. I still. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, you. It depends on how often your stats change. If you're somebody, if you're like a hot. TikToker, like a little hot makeup girl on TikTok, and your numbers are growing every month, then update it every month because mm. sometimes they are growing there. If you have one viral post and you're, you know, it takes off, it, you could do it monthly if it needs to. Otherwise, you know, just if you're sending out to a new brand, I would just pull it up and say, is everything still current? If not, then, you know, update right. it. And that's a, that's a great thing about um, Canva is that you can have that template up there, have it all built, and you can go yep. easily change those stats, download a new PDF, upload it to your website or for an email or whatever. So uh, yeah. that's, a, that's a great way to do that as well. And so, people do have their media kits as downloads. If you had a podcast or any kind of mm-hmm. thing, you know, you can have a media page on your website where you could have your, your photo downloads. If you're a podcaster who's going to be on lots of other shows, have your professional photos ready to go so people can borrow them. <laughs> have your bio, have your media kit so people can grab it. So just be ready to go, people. The more professional you look, the more, you know, places you're going to connect with people. So, yeah. So, uh, Peg, we are at the end of the show, but I want to get okay. have, let people, I mean, this is awesome. You know, we could talk forever <laughs> about this stuff. We had some great questions for everybody. Um, so thank you guys for asking all your great questions. Thank you for sticking with us as we went a little bit longer, but Peg, where can people find out about all the great things that's the amazing Peg Fitzpatrick. <laughs> uh, I am Peg Fitzpatrick everywhere on the internet. My website is pegfitzpatrick.com and you can find me um, at Peg Fitzpatrick on every social platform that yep. I'm on. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, and check her out because, I mean, like I said, she's been a mentor to me for 
oh, so many years and she's <laughs> uh, done such a great job uh, and she just knows everything social and she's got some cool stuff coming out that I, uh, that it's secret, but it's coming out and it's going to be awesome. So make sure you follow her I have secrets everywhere. Stuff. She has very <laughs> many secrets. So um, thank you guys for, for watching today. We have come to the end of another amazing episode of Social Media News Live, but uh, there's something I want to share with you really quick. As many of you know, Grace Duffy has been a co-host on the show since the beginning and we've also worked together at many years at a different company and she's been an integral part of this show and i really couldn't have made it this far without her but today we are saying goodbye to grace and it's really sad because she's sick today uh this was going to be her last day on the show she's got a fantastic new job i'm sad to see her go but i'm very excited for her this is because this job is amazing it's actually one of the our guests who have been on the show before and i know she's going to continue to do some awesome things over there but she's been a mentor a confidant a great friend to me and her guidance and direction have helped this show become what it is today i'm going to miss her tons but I know she'll always be a part of the show and we look forward to having her back on the co-host seat from time to time when she's available. But the show's going to go on and we have some fantastic guest co-hosts lined up for the future. So stay tuned for some more exciting episodes of Social Media News Live. But Grace, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for all your time, your hard work and your dedication to the show. Uh, you will always have a special place here and we wish you the best on your new adventure. And with that... To all our viewers, thank you for tuning in, listening to the podcast. We'll see you next week on Social Media New Lives. <laughs> Social Media News Live. I can't even say a show. I'll see you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Social Media News Live.